knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, raise your hand if you've already got your Christmas trees up. Anybody? Yes? Half and half? Maybe? Or maybe some of your Christmas decorations out? I will sadly say that in my house there is not one thing of Christmas out yet because my husband really believes that you've got to have Thanksgiving before you have Christmas, and we haven't had time to pull anything out since Thanksgiving is over with. Um, but they're going up today. They're going up today. I can't wait. Um, even though it's 70 degrees outside, or it, you know, it has been, we are getting ourselves in the Christmas spirit, uh, whether we want to or not, right? Uh, the stores have been decorated in red and green since the day after Halloween in some stores, Hobby Lobby, since like July. Um, <laughs> The radio stations have started playing Christmas music. Uh, some started a couple of weeks ago. Some, some started the day after Thanksgiving. Our halls are decked with boughs of holly or something like that. Uh, and the 25 Days of Christmas movie starts today. Yay! I don't know if y'all are excited, but I sure am. I, I'm looking for that. And, and so we all have our favorite Christmas traditions. Some of us bake cookies or we go look at Christmas lights. Uh, we are visited by Elf on the Shelf and, and a whole long list of things. Uh, but one tradition that seems to be getting bigger and bigger each year is the watching of our favorite Christmas movies over and over and over again. And there are some great Christmas movies. Uh, there's the classics, It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. There's the comedies, which we can't show in church, Christmas Vacation and, uh, and Christmas Story. Uh, the cartoons, Charlie Brown Christmas is my favorite, and the Polar Express, and there are hundreds of others. And if you're a Hallmark uh, Channel watcher, you're getting millions, you know? So there's tons of Christmas movies for us to watch and to help us get into the season. Um, and since we were already watching them at home, we thought that the Christmas movie adventure would be a great lens for us in this worship service to celebrate this important and holy season of Advent. And so before we dive into our movie for today, I want to first say a word about the season of Advent. Um, Advent is the season in which we prepare for Christmas, just like Lent is the season which we prepare for Easter. Um, but by preparing for Christmas, that doesn't mean that Advent is the church's way of telling us that we need to make sure we have our Christmas decorations up and our Christmas movies playing and our Santa shopping started four weeks, four Sundays before December the 25th. What Advent means, Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. Um, and so therefore, the season of Advent is meant to remind us of the first coming of Jesus. 
in order to prepare us for the second and final coming of Jesus. The first coming of Jesus is the one that we all know, the Christmas story, uh, with shepherds, wise men, angels singing, Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. The first coming of Jesus is when God was made flesh and lived among us, God in person coming to proclaim and to exemplify for us his amazing grace, his unconditional love, and his everlasting faithfulness. The first coming of Jesus was the fulfillment of God's long-awaited promise. Even though it seemed like God had abandoned his people because of all the pain and all the suffering that they were enduring, and even though it seemed like all hope was lost, Christmas reminds us what that first coming brought, that God is always with us, our Emmanuel. Christmas reminds us that hope is never lost. Christmas reminds us that God never leaves us, never forsakes us, and never gives up on us. And so again, Advent is this season in which we prepare for Jesus to come but also when we prepare for Jesus to come again. And that's what today's scripture is about. It's kind of an odd scripture, we think, maybe when we hear that. It's Christmas. Why are they saying that? Why, why are we talking about all that? Um, but that's, this scripture is exactly the heart of Advent. Um, the New Testament lays out God's plan to save the world. Jesus came to teach us how to love God and how to love other people. And he also came to pay the price for our sin by his death on the cross. And all this was done because God loves us so much that he wants to spend eternity with us in heaven. But the thing is, God's not going to make us go to heaven. We have to want to go to heaven. We have to choose for heaven to be our end destination. In this life, um, we, we don't have to get everything right. We don't have to, to do everything perfectly in order for heaven to be our end destination. We just have to ask for God to be our guide along the journey. And that way, when we get turned around, because we certainly get turned around, uh, we have the proper help to find our way back home. And so this season of Advent reminds us that one day, even though we don't know when, one day Jesus is coming back again for that second time. And this second time will be the last time. Jesus is going to come in, not as a tiny baby, but he's going to come in riding victorious on a cloud. Jesus is going to come again and he's going to destroy all evil. He's going to destroy all pain. He's going to destroy all sorrow. He's going to destroy all death. And I don't know about you, but that just gives me chill bumps. All right, Jesus is going to come again, and he's going to carry all of those who have given their lives to him on this earth to then spend eternity with him in heaven. What an amazing promise that we await. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Those are not just songs that we sing about in the past. Those are promises that we build on today. And so this scripture for today from the Gospel of Matthew is asking us, do you have your ticket yet? Are you ready for this journey that God has made for you? Have you given your life to Christ? And if not, wake up! 
Wake up. That's what the scripture says. Keep awake. Get ready. Because he's coming. He is coming. And you don't want to miss him this time. Now, when I think about all the Christmas movies that are out there that line up with this message and this season and this scripture, I think there is none that is more perfect for that than Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Uh, The story of Ebenezer Scrooge was written 176 years ago, and yet its power continues to this day. Uh, I was first introduced to this tale of transformation with Mickey Mouse, starring as Bob Cratchit, and Goofy was uh, Jacob Marley, and Scrooge McDuck was Ebenezer himself. Uh, Even as a child, with the cartoons and and the characters that I knew in other ways, this story touched me. Um, It taught me. And the power of a changed life. And I didn't understand it completely at the time, um, but I loved how it turned out because there was this mean, angry, stingy man who, through all the stuff that he went through, turned into a nice and a happy and a giving man. And I loved that. I've loved this story since I was a child. Um, In 2009, when I was a little older, not a child anymore, Disney produced another version of The Christmas Carol. Um, This one is a little more intense, if any of you have watched it. Um, it, it shows uh, the more, uh, closer to that drastic and, and desperate heart of Scrooge's true journey. Um, and, and I can appreciate that. Um, and, and it more resoundingly rings the call of the gospel to wake up. I mean, if you watch this movie, it is screaming in your face. Wake up, wake up. Uh, Scrooge's transformation, many of you know this story, but just in case you don't, Scrooge's Scrooge's transformation begins with a nighttime visit um, of the ghost of Jacob Marley, uh, Scrooge's business partner who has died seven years prior. Uh, Marley uh, appears to Scrooge in the middle of the night, and he is just covered in chains uh, that that are each weighted by this heavy, heavy load, and he just slings them around because that's the only way he can move. And what Marley says to Scrooge is he says, Woe is me. I wear the chains that I forged in life. Mankind should have been my business. The common welfare should have been my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence should have been my business. But I was blind. I could not see my own life. I squandered it. I misused it. Now I have no rest, no peace. Oh, woe, woe is me. That sounds pretty scriptural, doesn't it? Right? And here's Jacob Marley in the middle proclaiming this to Scrooge. And then he goes on to say, I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance at hope of escaping my fate. In other words, he's saying, wake up, Scrooge, wake up. My fate doesn't have to be yours. This doesn't have to be you. And so again, you likely know the story of what happens, but just in case, as the night progresses, Scrooge is visited by three spirits, the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future, or Christmas yet to come. Each spirit shows Scrooge these various visions. The ghost of Christmas past shows him where he's been, the moments that have shaped him, and the choices that he's made along the way. Christmas past shows Scrooge his journey into becoming this odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling, merciless, isolated, bah, humbug that he is. And after a while, Scrooge wants it to end and he says, Spirit, Spirit, take me away from here. I don't want to see it anymore. So he goes on to Christmas present. 
Christmas present then grants Scrooge a heavenly perspective, allowing him to see the consequences of his actions, particularly towards the two most important people in his life, his nephew Fred and his employee Bob Cratchit. Scrooge sees that his selfishness and his greed have cut him off from his family. And it has also caused his employee, Bob Cratchit's family, to live in poverty. And the greatest consequence of that poverty is that the Cratchits are unable to afford the health care that they need for their youngest son, Tiny Tim. And so seeing the impact of all of his choices, but particularly the impact on Tiny Tim, it touches Scrooge. There's a change in him when he sees that. And so then the ghost of Christmas present tells him, if these shadows remain unaltered by the future, Tiny Tim will die. So as the ghost of Christmas yet to come appears... Scrooge says, I fear you more than any specter, yet I know your purpose is to do me good, so show me what you will. And what Scrooge is then shown is life after his death. He hears and he sees how people respond to his death. His death brings joy. It brings relief to those who are indebted to him. They are happy that he is gone. But what he also sees is that his death brings destitution to the Cratchit family. And he's absolutely heartbroken because it also brings the death of Tiny Tim. The ghost of Christmas yet to come brings Scrooge then to his tombstone. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to watch a movie clip to see what happens to Scrooge there.